Green Acres Garden Podcast is the podcast that will teach budding gardeners like you to grow your green thumb. For whether you're a newbie or a seasoned horticulturalist, you're sure to learn something new. Enjoy our conversations with community gardeners and gurus from Green Acres Nursery and Supply. We'll answer questions you didn't know you had. Hello there, and welcome to the Green Acres Garden Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Jordan, the bad boy of basil, or at least that's what my mom likes to call me. I'm here recording with Austin, the assassin bug blank. Good to see you there, Austin. Now, hey, Kevin. Yep. Now, if you've ever wondered to yourself, I do not have enough space to garden. I, I, I live in an apartment, or I, I only have a tiny, tiny little backyard, or I've, everything's covered in cement, or I can't dig into the ground where I live. Hey, don't worry about it. You can garden. You you can have a massive garden. You can have a beautiful, bountiful garden. It's just got to be a small space garden, you know. And we're gonna be talking all about ways to really utilize that space. Grow, uh, doing some fantastic container gardening, you know, on our patios, on on our cement, uh, on those areas of our yard and our our home where we we thought we couldn't garden. We we're gonna garden, my friends. So we're talking all about that this week. So I cannot wait. Thanks for being here. Awesome. Love your names for us today. These are very fun. Oh yeah. Uh, bad boy, basil. And assassin bug. So I, I don't. I've never heard of an assassin bug. What is that? You know, we were talking about that the other day, and I. It's a beneficial bug, and it actually does a great job at eating some of those pesky bugs out there. So uh, I thought, you know what? Hey, you're pretty beneficial to me, buddy. <laughs> so you might as well give you, a, you know, a, a royal moniker. <laughs> oh, that's very sweet. I love it. So we're gonna have a fun, fun time this week. You know. You don't need a lot of space. You just need to utilize every little bit of, of light that you can uh, to whatever purpose that you want. So for some folks, you know, that really might be um, just sprucing up, you know, they, they moved into an apartment or you're somewhere where all you have is a really small patio. We were talking about this before we started recording that most people don't have an, an excess of space, you know, of perfect gardening space where they live. Oftentimes that might be a limiting factor. You know, we talking earlier, some people, I, you know, I, I hear and I don't like ever hearing that. Someone goes, I don't have a green thumb or I can't grow. I never, I don't like hearing that because I feel like everybody can grow. It's, it's that one of those things that's innate. It's in all of us. You can grow as well as anybody else can grow. You just, you just got to believe it uh, and learn. But, you know, I hear that. And so oftentimes people that they'll say, I don't have a big backyard. Don't worry about that. Like I said, a little bit of space uh, it could be a, a sunny front porch, you know, or your back patio. Uh, and you just got to take take advantage of that light. And with containers, it's a fantastic way to bring really good soil into your uh, into your garden, your new garden now, um, and really have some success. We often talk about the importance of, of con, you know, of soil being like, you know, the leader of you get some good dirt. And have we talked about it, Austin? Have we not? Have we not? Oh, we <laughs> talk about soil all the time. You know yeah, it. Yeah, that's that's huge, right? It's almost every episode. We're like, you got to amend that soil, keep that soil healthy, uh, add organic material to your soil. It's it's You got a lot of ways of saying it, you know, but it, it always comes up. The benefits are numerous, you know, so it's just like for, for with container gardens, actually a lot of times that kind of solves that problem right off the bat. So with a, with a well-sized container with the appropriate, you know, potting mix for whatever usage that drains well, you're really going to have that success, you know, I think a lot faster than sometimes if you have to bend over, dig into that hard clay and, you know, spend seasons working that soil up. If, or if you don't even have that as an option, if you have concrete, you're not going to dig into that concrete. So go vertical, raised beds, containers, fabric pots. There's so many different ways that you can get plants into these areas, even if you can't actually get them into the ground. So we're, we're all above ground this week. Okay, all above ground. And we're talking about, uh, you're starting to lay out the kind of areas, I guess, that 
um, most people wouldn't expect to be able to grow a garden in, right? So you mentioned concrete. What about a what about a side yard? Could you grow in a side yard? Absolutely. And so uh, at the side yard of my house, it's a very typical one. I've got my you know my electrical control box, and right. uh, it's all you know mainly cement. You share a fence with your neighbor, and it's only a couple sh- shoulders wide. But uh, I went same thing. I went on the on the ground with containers, but I went above with hanging hanging pots and hanging baskets. Oh, you know those, those cool. ones with the coconut mats, the coconut uh, that fibrous. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. I've seen that. Got those with some cages wrapped around them, and they're kind of affixed to the fence along my posts to support their weight. And I've got succulents, you know, on a drip system, just dangling out of them, and then. Uh, they're gorgeous, and so what's nice is any excess water just falls off them, goes right to the containers growing below them, and that side yard, it's kind of cool because it only gets partial sun, partial for half of the day mm-hmm. or whatever, and so they, the plants never really seem to get too roasted, even in the hottest of summers, um, so it, it's it's kind of nice. It's a nice little area where I can go over there, take oh, a little okay. break, water them, weed them a little bit, fertilize them, and it's just, it's nice little moments out there. You know, um, really, you know, you don't want to limit yourself as a gardener if you have some space or, and you have some light. And oftentimes, like I said, if that light is varied, it offers you um, a kind of a nice challenge to find plants that are going to do good there with partial light. And so for me, it, it's a great way to see flowers bloom. I love looking out my kitchen as, uh, as I'm cooking or as I'm washing dishes. Ooh, and yeah. I, and I have, that's what it is. I have them all facing me. And so you can, I can kind of look straight nice. out, look left and look right. The plants uh, are just pouring out. I got donkey tail, you know, like three feet long that are just pouring out of this hanging basket. And uh, it's just beautiful. Other plants are bursting out of there. You know, you change things out seasonally a little bit if you want. Huh. Um, some of the some of the plants are edible. So I have some of my herbs, my, uh, my thyme and basil and, you know, fresh green onion and chives and things I'll try to grow out there. It's, it's a lot of fun. I'll even use it as a little area to propagate some plants because it's a little more mild because it's so sheltered. So like I said, th- those areas can offer you a really good opportunity to garden, and it's only a few feet wide. <laughs> nice. So the side yard's a, a good option, and uh, you mentioned uh, donkey tail. I'm sorry, I got to ask what what is donkey tail? That's uh, just a ty- it's a type of sedum. It's a succulent, and it just it's oh. these clusters. And you've probably seen them before. I'll bring you I'll bring you some for uh, for you to grow. And they just grow slowly out. It looks like a bunch of small little grapes, kind of held together. I know a lot of our listeners are probably screaming at their headphones i know what he's talking about um they're beautiful and they 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 grow out they hang down and the longer you have them sometimes the longer they'll get but they they're, huh. they can you know they can break off and as the little leaves are plump and kind of round kind of like me um as they break off and go into the soil they uh they can root and create and, and propagate and oh, create cool. more so is that like i've seen like string of pearls string of hearts very is that similar like that thing? they very okay. similar to uh, how you use them yeah it's a trailer and a succulent sweet yeah, they're okay. beautiful. So, um, Kevin, it sounds like the name of the game here is, like, if we don't have the the land space, right, the ground area that we can the utilize. acreage. Yeah, we're <laughs> looking for, because land is valuable, right? Yep. We don't always have that. So we have smaller areas. And uh, you mentioned, you know, it could be a side yard. It could be a patio. Uh, it could be all these different areas. It, if we're going to do it, it sounds like pots. You know it. Potting in, in Containers. Plants. Pots, Yeah, absolutely. or containers. Yep. That's the way to go. So what kind of containers are we talking about here? Well, you've been to the nursery and you've seen them. Uh, and the beautiful, there's beautiful ceramic pots. I mean, there's so many different colors and types from everything that are like earth tones to the ones that are shiny and, you know, mm-hmm. colorful. Um, they have, the you know, different types of plastic pots as well. The smart pots that breathe a little better. Um, fiber pots. Um, those are really cool because then you can kind of grow your plants and then plant them uh, in their container. <laughs> That's really nice. 
Um, we, we, we even use fabric pots um, at our school a little bit. So we'll have these fabric pots. They come in different sizes. And what's nice is you can use them for a season. You can fold them up. So if you want to minimize space, uh, they're reusable. And, and those can be really helpful as well. Uh, as well. And then they all hold soil. Um, you really just want a container that's going to be appropriate size. For me, the, okay. if you, they'll always go a little larger than you may think. And I know it's like, it just, it sounds cliche, but it's like, just go more, just go bigger in that regard, because then you're going to offer your plants just a little more space. Um, when they're in containers, they're really going to require a little closer eye for the watering, especially when it gets hot, but you'll kind of get used to that. I think the longer that you, you, you kind of play with your plants in those containers, you're going to know, um, what the watering schedule should be as time goes on, but just be observant. Right. And so with sure. you know, larger containers for what you're growing is always better, but that doesn't mean you have to buy the biggest cont- container you can find. But going big is never going to harm the the plant. No, you just right? want to give them as much root space as possible, um, because they're oftentimes they're going they might outgrow that. But with that said, you know you can actually grow um, fruit trees, blueberries um, in containers. We've talked about it on this show before. So you can grow yep. plants that you think of as getting relatively large, you know, three, four, five feet tall. Um, but you can actually grow them in containers on your patio in that sunshine, and they can do really well, especially when you have good potting mix in there. They have adequate drainage. That water can flow right through. They can breathe a bit. And then you're giving them proper fertilizations. That's one thing you really want to consider when you're growing in containers is get them really good potting soil. Make sure they have drainage. Make sure the pot's the right size. Um, mm-hmm. Water them appropriately. But then also feed them over time because they're going to strip out as they grow. They're going to kind of suck up all that nutrition and use it to grow and to flower or fruit. And so you really want to replenish that, uh, maybe even a little bit more so than you would maybe if it was in the ground and had access uh, to more space itself. So oh, okay, you know, question time. Yeah, question. please. So uh, if you're feeding the soil uh, in a in a pot or a container, as you're saying it, uh, how do you do that? How do you uh, you know I- incorporate it deep into the soil, or is that important? You know what? Um, you can you know you can repot plants if you have noticed they become root bound. But really, when you're incorporating new organic matter, you can do a top dressing. You know where you just okay. layer it, and you know if it's earthworm castings or you know you know a nice composted mulch, um, you literally just just layer it right on top, and it, it will break down into there. You can work it, massage it in a little bit if you want to spend some time with that root ball. Oh, um, is the water pulling it deeper? Just over time, yeah, just gravity, yeah. water, and uh, and, the, and the nutrition, the organic matter from that will penetrate down. But um, like I said, if, if a plant is root-bound or if it's time to kind of upgrade to a larger pot, that's that's a good time as well. Okay. And then I have a, another question about the, the, the containers. Um, it, it is important to always have a hole in the bottom, right? Uh, uh, at least one? Because I, I recently got like a ser- special ceramic bit for my drill just so I could add some holes to some ceramic pots. And um, it just hasn't been mentioned yet. So I just want to check that that is like a must have or maybe not. That's, like, how, how do you feel? That's a great question. I think it's happened a lot. I've done what you're, got, what you're about to do and uh-huh. drilled holes into ceramic pots that didn't have them. So it really depends on what you want to do with that beautiful ceramic pot. There's, I love pots, actually. I, we could make a case <laughs> just for growing in containers for just having uh-huh. the aesthetic beauty of being like, here, now you got a plant and a beautiful container with it. But, you know, I digress. But if you if you've been given or you purchased a pot and it doesn't have that hole, and you and you want it to drain, then you got to you got to drain those holes and then you know maybe get it. if it's going to be somewhere where you need to catch that water, you got to have a saucer uh, to catch it. So you might want to get one that matches or one that will fit it. But uh, some folks they'll actually just have a container within the container. So they you know if, oh. if they don't want to drill that hole or go get the bid or they're afraid of you know destroying this prized pot, then they can they can put a pot within the pot. 
Um, but with that, you got to be sure that when you're watering your plant, it's good to pull that plant out, water it, let it drain, and then put it back in. Because if you okay. water it in there, now you're going to have that plant's roots just resting in a bunch of soil. And unless it's a you know an, an aquatic plant, um, typically it's really not going to appreciate that much water just inundating its roots for yeah, a long I amount know, of time. Yeah, that's bad. That's that's what I'm trying to avoid. There is it the water getting stuck in the container. Yeah, right? so you either have to have a, a pot that's then sm a little bit smaller than that one that's plastic has holes. You pull it out, tip, you know, periodically take it outside, give it a nice deep soak, let that water drip, 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 drip out, and then go back in. A little bit of water is in there is fine, but you you want to want it pooling up. That is the one way if you don't want to drill the holes. And I like the thing you said earlier where you said on your side yard on the fence, you had pots draining into other things. Oh, absolutely. Right? Oh, you know it. That's a really cool solution. Uh, yeah. So uh, actually, so at the, at the school, we did this project where we had this big metal shed. And, uh, it was like just really it was not looking great. So we built this frame around it, skinned it in plastic, skinned that with uh, synthetic felt, and then made those pockets and that was vertical growing. So that's one thing that is really good when you start container gardening and growing in these small spaces is you really want to uh, utilize every bit of vertical space that you can. And with that, we, cool. we, we went upwards and now we have these pockets and it's all, yeah, it's all fabric. And, and same thing, the water comes in the top and it just drains all the way down. And so it's, it's kind of fun when you have um, these small spaces, you kind of create these fun solutions. And so that, yeah, you can try to utilize every drip and drop. Cool. Okay. So uh, thanks, Kevin. Now I want to kind of steer you in towards uh, trees. You you brought it up a little bit ago, and I know we we uh, a lot of people out there love growing uh, all kinds of uh, fruit trees, all kinds of citrus. And I know you know I've learned on this show that we have dwarf trees, and we have ah, gosh, I forget what it's called. It's like esplie or something like that, right? Esplie. Yeah. We. <laughs> Am I saying that right? Espelier, espalier. Espelier. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I know we've we've said that you can keep these kinds of plants small. So how do we work that into our subject today? Well, when you have a small space, or you only have you know uh, one big container to grow something in, and maybe you choose uh, a semi dwarf dwarf or genetic dwarf fruit tree, you're going to keep it you know three, four, five feet tall. Um, if you have that, yeah, if you have enough space where it's going to get, you know, it can be three dimensional, then you prune it that way. But if you're up against a wall and you, you don't really want that plant to take up so much, you know, horizontal space, you have to go, I guess, horizontal <laughs> against whatever wall you have. So if, sometimes we have walls that face sunshine, a lot of good sunshine, um, mm -hmm. but you don't have a ton of space and you don't want this massive tree in your yard producing, you know, everything, you know, is all this fruit you can't eat. So you have a, a much more appropriately sized tree that's shorter, easier to harvest, but you actually spread its wings, those branches, you train them uh, horizontally, linear against that wall or that fence that, that is facing some, or uh, f facing some sunshine. And then you really just create this, this like this tree with its arms wide open, ready just to that give you a big so old hug cool. with some fruit as they develop. And that's really cool. And it's a great, it makes harvest easier. You know, when you have to go out there and kind of pull the fruit off, you're not having to reach into different parts of the tree. It's all kind of right out there in front of you. And like I said, it I utilizes the space, goes right against the fence. Yeah. And uh, it's a fan, it's a fantastic way to, uh, to, you know, utilize whatever space you do have. Basically a tree flat against a wall or a fence or something. That is just oh, yeah. super cool. Or you could do a trellis and you could have edible berries. Um, right now we just Ooh. planted, God, we planted a bunch of boysenberries, blackberries, and raspberries right now uh at the school and we're at same thing where we, our, our garden stops they, they built a wall to keep me in a fence 
this black fence. That way I couldn't go beyond it and keep the, cause <laughs> to the, keep you in. Yeah, because the garden, as I, as I started, it kind of just kept growing. I kept adding <laughs> fruit trees and garden beds and stuff. Yeah. And then, like, they came in and stopped me, but it was great. Um, but, <laughs> but now, so against that fence, we, we stopped. We were stopped. So what we did is we have our drip system there, and we mm-hmm. are just are now running those berries, and we're going to train them along that fence and go upwards and outwards um, and just have a nice little trail. And so the students go, you know, so it's just a great way um, to use space. Berries as well. You can kind of, they kind of espalier naturally. They kind of grow out and you just mm. train those canes and those limbs as they, as uh, those vines as they grow. That's great. I just wanted to double check that, you know, like citrus trees is, is part of the, our plan here. If we, if we want to, uh, or we're limited on space, we, we can still incorporate those plants into our plan here. Uh, what other kind of plants, Kevin, uh, are good, you would say, for growing in small spaces? You know, what do you recommend? Well, God, you know, it's really going to depend what do you like. Do you want flowers or do you want food or do you want both? And I recommend do it all. Because, <laughs> do it all? Yeah, absolutely. Because if you want food and you're going to grow maybe a tomato plant or a few peppers, peppers are a great plant to grow in containers. Um, they don't really require as much root space as a tomato. Tomatoes can be grown in containers as well. They're actually, it just need, requires a, a bit larger container, at least maybe like 15 gallon or, or greater. Um, but peppers are like, they're, they're, it's like their little brother. They want to be a tomato. They want to be as big as them, but there's pepper plants <laughs> are usually smaller. Um, my cousin, Laith, he is the, he is the Maui peppermint. He grows peppers out in Maui. Um, and he, every single pepper he has is in a container and they, they, oh. they grow massive. He has some peppers that are maybe in a f- 10 gallon container, 15 gallon container. They're four feet tall. They're three to four feet wide. And they're <laughs> granted they're evergreen where he's at. <laughs> so it's hard to compare. But um, wow. but in containers, um, really, I think with peppers are a great a great vegetable if you want to grow in containers. You might you might find maybe like your squash, zucchini, your cu- cucumbers. They're going to require a bit more water, a bit more root space, right? But basil is a fantastic one, and I I think every okay. little patio garden and yours is about to have this uh, is, should yeah. have basil, if not several. They're, they smell great. They taste awesome. Their blossoms are incredible for pollinators if you want to bring them in. And that's actually leading me to the to, to flowers is if you have flowers out there, um, lavender, um, was it million bells, your, your, your zinnias, nasturtiums, actually nasturtiums are edible and uh, spicy is all heck, but uh, cosmos, your bachelor's buttons, marigolds, catmint, we could go on and on. There's those flowers are going to do really good in those tight little areas. And actually oftentimes with, with these clustered gardens, um, you can actually, you're probably going to put several plants in one container and they're going to share that space a little bit and kind of butt up against each other. And sometimes, you know, plants need a little bit of space, but it, but in these, uh, tight situations, actually, I think you'll see with the right amount of watering and some good light and a little bit of fertilization, organic, mm-hmm. please. Um, you can build that soil up and actually you can have all those plants kind of thriving, uh, in these containers, uh, with all those things I listed. Nice. Okay. Thank you, Kevin. And uh, you're bringing me back to thinking about the light situation, right? Because um, it seems like we want to try to get as much light onto these plants as possible, right? So uh, is that really your goal? Are you looking like when you're evaluating a space and how well you can grow in it, are you... Is that like a main consideration, right? Is is how much light gets to that area? You, is that what you're thinking? You are going to be a great gardener. That's the right way to think about it? Right? Absolutely. It's actually a fantastic way to think about it. And because really it's like, how much sun does this area get? Is it full shade? Is it partial shade? Is it full sun? Is it blasting sun? Is it getting sun at 3, 4, 5 p.m. Um, in the full, you know, in the summertime? You really want to know uh, when, it, when the sun, when the light starts and when it ends, because that's really going to give you an indication 
of the, what you can grow there. Some plants are really going to appreciate, you know, a lot more shade, like in, in patience, okay. you know, uh, flowers. That's a great example. You know, all your ferns, your coleus. You're not going to grow those plants out in full blasting sun because they're gonna, just going to get demolished in our heat. Whereas other plants, they're really like tomatoes and the peppers. Those are really good. The zinnias, the marigolds, they want, it's like, give me that light. They want that sunshine. And they'll do okay with partial if they have to, but, but they'll tolerate that, that full sun. The salvia, uh, they mm-hmm. really want that, that intense light. Um, and so really uh, the amount of light your garden's going to get is very good, much going to determine um, what plants you might want to choose for success. Okay. Uh, and now I'm also, I kind of want to ask you about uh, south-facing windows. I've, I've heard that that's a really good area. So maybe it doesn't even have to be a window, but an area in your home, outside or inside, uh, that is facing the south, That that's the best, right? Well, yeah, south-facing that for us, where we're at in the northern hemisphere, that's going to get the most sunshine. That's where the sun tracks the most, and that's where the most direct, you know, sunlight is going to be. So in your home, that's usually the area that's getting the brightest light. So if you're starting, you know, seedlings or you've got some house plants, you really want to be thriving. um, That's where they're going to be. If it's on the outside of your house, that's probably going to be the sunnier location, um, depending upon the trees. So for me, I have a weird situation. The north side, you got the north side actually is the only area that I get that gets a lot of direct sunlight because the back has big oak trees and things. So there's a lot of, you know, shade. Um, So it's a, it's a little tricky. Okay, Kevin. So I want to ask you a question now. Okay, please uh, give me your thoughts on this. I, I'm wondering if we can make a recommendation for our listeners here. If they've got a full sun area that gets a lot of sun and they're limited to growing in containers, what's like your number one pick? What should they go for? For sun and containers, I would consider growing something that you can eat. So the, the dwarf peaches, nectarines, they stay really small. They're beautiful when they bloom, and they're awesome to eat when they when they are when they ripen. So I'd start with there for smaller plants. Uh, I'd really recommend all the basics really for in a container. There's even there's small lavender varieties that are well suited to container growing. Your zinnias, your cosmos, your marigolds, but even petunias. Uh, one of my favorite ones, the spillers, is uh, Calabracoa, the million bells. There's so many different colors and varieties. You can start them small. They like growing in a container, and they'll spill over the edge and just give you this super colorful wave of uh, blooms. It's Those ones are just awesome to me. And, of course, all things come back to basil. Ah, <laughs> yes. Now, I got a part two for you, Kevin. Let's say all we have is something shady. So... Not shady. (laughs) I mean, like not a lot of sun. So uh, what kind of plants will do really well in a container without even a lot of sun? Uh, It seems like a tough position, but what what can you recommend? It'll depend on the season uh, and this warm season to come. You know, things like even like your hostas, uh, love the shade, can be grown in containers. Uh, Ferns, love it. But for me, the coleus in a container on the, you know, just something about it. There's a lot of different colors to choose from. They're beautiful. They're vibrant, and they really are unusual and kind of help other, all the other plants stand out from each other. I really love those. But even things like peonies and your blueberries, they can tolerate a bit of that shade and, and actually still produce a bit. And so those ones are awesome for me as well, especially in a container. Blueberries in a container. Blueberries. Huh? Oh yeah, a big That's old cool. one at my mom's house in a container. It's thriving right now, and it's actually just now starting to show its flowers a little bit. Yeah, and they're delicious when they're fresh, and they're so good for you too. Yeah, right. The health benefits of blueberries. Double is whammy. Huge. <laughs> That's awesome. I love blueberries. All right, 
thank you, Kevin. Uh, I love hearing your you know your recommendations for our listeners out there, and I, I'm just motivated by everything you're saying today. That even if your space is small. It doesn't mean you can't have a beautiful, bountiful garden Absolutely, uh, grown in a small space. I, I love that, and it's kind of my situation, too. So I, I'm getting some ideas from you for, for plants to grow this upcoming season. I, I'm kind of making a list over here. I love it. Well, I'm going to have some more seedlings for you. I've been planting seeds okay. like a wild man. I'm loving it. Nice. So a lot of seedlings this spring. Looking forward to it. That's kind of all the time we have today, unfortunately. But uh, why don't you give us your kind of your final thoughts on this subject and and take us out, Kevin? Well, I had an, a blast being here. It's been another wonderful week. I could talk on small space gardening all day. They don't let me. They have <laughs> at a certain point we have to stop and go home. Um, there's so many wonderful plants out there, even more that we listed today. I highly recommend everyone get out there, get out in the garden. You know what? And don't do it solo. Bring a friend with you. Until next week, garden friends, happy gardening to you all, and please never stop growing. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of Kevin Jordan or his guests. These gardening tips and suggestions may work for you, as well as those from alternative sources. When using any garden products or tools, read and follow all label directions.